It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Eric Looney. Welcome to the Friday morning edition of Daily Thunder. This is the uh, confinement edition or the quarantine edition, or whatever term best uh, works for it. Uh, I'm doing these out of my home. Uh, we're on lockdown here in Colorado and having a great deal of fun. Uh, it's been a unique season, uh, hard season. I know many of us could attest to that. It's a very unique season, but also an invigorating season. It's, it's just fun and amazing to see how God will leverage the things that the enemy means for evil, for good, uh, unto those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And so as a result, there's a lot of good coming to the church right now. Uh, and in through this time, I, I see so many souls softened. I have a, I've had a lot of prayer gatherings uh, over the internet, sort of a funny way to have prayer gatherings. I'm, it's becoming rather normal to me now. And uh, the testimonies of the people all over the earth that are being shaken to the core and their souls are being stirred and awakened. It's just amazing. I mean, it really is profound how God is leveraging this. And so we as the church need to be ready. We need to be in a position of readiness with the gospel. So the name of my message this morning is consecrated, which is a word that I've uh, always loved. I think it's a beautiful poetic word, uh, but it's a very deeply meaningful word. Uh, con meaning with and then secreted uh, separation. So with separation, it's like with set apartness. And so the Christian life in a nutshell is a consecrated life. It's a life that isn't given to the things of the earth. It's not given to the expectations of the world system, to political correctness. It's given unto God. What does God desire? That's what I will do. What does God say? That's what I will think. That's what I believe. And so we're consecrated. We are given unto him. There is a tension that we face as believers right now, and that is knowing how we engage with the current systems, with the government lockdowns. What is our role? What is our behavior supposed to be? And I know that this has been a, a tension within the body of Christ. It's like, if if I am sick, should I even care? It's not going to harm me. And why would I stay inside? Let me go out and enjoy God's creation. And so it's like, am I supposed to actually just hole up in a house and, and do this? Am I supposed to listen to what the government has to say? I would say actually the Bible speaks a lot about this as far as how we relate to the world in which we live. And though we are consecrated and set apart unto God and we don't think earthly thoughts, it does not mean we neglect earthly authorities. And so to understand that balance, uh, this quote, uh, Nathan Johnson sent me a quote. He says, I don't know if you've seen this, Eric, and I hadn't. And I know some of you probably have, and I'm guessing it's going to be <laughs> probably a viral quote uh, if it isn't already. But it it was a good balance, I would say, of, of the things that I see inside of me trying to weigh with all the different scriptural perspectives on this and how we live free and at liberty in Christ. And we don't fear a virus. And yet we live in, as it says in 1 Corinthians, we live in such a way that loves others. And Paul is willing to go without meat till the world ends if it would cause his brother to stumble. How do you blend all these things together? Well, I think Martin Luther actually does it fairly well here. Uh, so listen to this quote. This is during the Black Plague, by the way, back in the 1800s. And so he's in the midst of a plague as he's writing this. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us 
Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me, and I have done what he has expected of me, and so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. What an interesting statement. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See this as, see this such, sorry, see this is such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. In other words, I'm going to, out of love for my neighbors, quarantine myself, lest I actually bring something to them or have them bring something to me, which then makes me a carrier of something that could infect someone else. In other words, if I'm truly loving others right now, I am going to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. However, if I see someone in need, it really doesn't matter if they are infected or not, but if they need my help, I will gladly go to them and boldly, brazenly, with faith, trust that God can care for me as I care for them because I am marked by love in both those circumstances. I, I think that's a really interesting and, and powerful balance. Uh, the illustration I wanted to use uh, today as sort of an expression of this is the Hebrew bond slave, which is seen in Exodus 21 uh, verses 2 through 6 and Deuteronomy 15 12 through 18. It's this picture of a servant or a slave that has been indentured for six years and then in the seventh year, according to Hebrew law, is set free. However, this slave loves his master and does not actually want to leave. So though he is set free, he actually, because of love, returns to his master. Now, I want you to just evaluate how that matches Christianity. We are set free at the cross, and yet out of love, we come back unto Christ and we say, I actually want to serve you with my life. What an amazing picture that is. And you're going to see the disciples and the apostles all throughout the New Testament begin to reference this idea of a bondservant. So Paul will call himself a bondservant. John will call himself a bondservant. They are referencing this idea that they have an ear pierced because what a bondservant would do is he would come to his master. The master, seeing that bond of love, would actually indenture him for life. He becomes a lifelong servant or slave because of his love. And so the master will take him and uh, take his ear and, and put it up against a doorpost and pierce it with an awl. And that pierced ear is a symbol in the Hebrew culture of one who has an ear for their master. In other words, whatever his master says, the answer is yes, Lord, I will do that. And so the church of Jesus Christ is meant to have a pierced ear. There's another illustration of this in Exodus 29, which is actually talking specifically about the consecration of the priests in the temple of God. And uh, so what they need to do is take a ram. They have multiple rams and bullocks as they're going through this consecra consecration process. And this is one piece of the process. And thou shalt take the other ram and Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. Then shalt thou kill the ram and take of his blood. It's an incredible picture of Christ, by the way. And put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons. So there's supposed to smear ear, smear ear, smear blood on the tip of the right ear, and then upon the thumb of their right hand, and upon the great toe of their right foot, and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. Strange, I, I, I recognize that. However, it's 
profoundly symbolic. You see, what you have is priests that are being set apart to do the work of the temple of God. And then I could just hear Paul's words in the New Testament. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? You see, we are those priests that are called to do this ministry of the temple, to care for this caring device, this revelatory device known as the human body that God has chosen. He says, I want to choose that to reveal my glory through. And that we are set apart by God to actually do the work of that. And so what he says is, I just need your right ear. I need your right thumb and I need your right great toe. Well, that's about as odd as it gets, but the right side of the body is symbolic in the Hebrew mind of authority, of power, of control. And so as a result, when we're giving up our authority, we're giving up our power, we're giving up our position in our life and saying, we give it to you, our ear. That's where we hear. So obedience is going to come through that hearing. And so we submit our ear and we say, smear it with blood, Lord, so that I would hear what you have to say to the church. And then our thumb, it's symbolic of control, grip. And so when we give up our right thumb and we allow it to be smeared with blood, we're giving up the controls of our life. When we give up our right great toe, we're giving up where we go in life. That's the direction. We walk with that. And so where are we going to go? Well, that needs to be defined by God, not by us. So let's go through each one of these. Your right ear. Is your right ear consecrated to God? Do you have an ear for your Lord? In Revelation, there's seven accounts of this exact statement. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And every one of us could say, well, I have an ear. Yeah, but do you have a consecrated blood smeared ear? Is it pierced with an awl? You see, each one of us needs to deliberately come unto Jesus and give our life to him. Not just pray a prayer, but give our life to him and say, Lord, here it is. Here is my body. Take it, fill it with your Holy Spirit and use it. Do you have an ear that is given to your Lord? And how about your right thumb? Who's in control? Who's in control today? Who's defining what you do today? Who's defining your schedule for today? Who's defining what happens with your finances today? Is it you or is it God? It needs to be God. God desires your life. And then finally, your right big toe. Who's defining where you're going in life? You know, it's right now you could say the governor of my state. And yet it's a partial truth in regards to your circumstances right now in the midst of this lockdown. But who defines the course of your life? Is it you or is it God? You see, for every single one of us, I would say there's nothing more effective that could take place in our life that could change the world around us than for us as Christians, as the church of Jesus Christ, to freshly consecrate ourselves. Even if you've done it in the past, freshly say, Lord, my right ear, Lord, my right thumb, Lord, my right great toe. God's blessings to each one of you today. May you thoroughly enjoy this season of craziness and may it be maximized to the fullest extent for the glory of Jesus Christ. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellersley.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellersley campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.